let's try and you know collaborate together and i think that's the that's the message i would leave for everybody is if you're an employee if you're an employer look towards collaboration and value creation that's what it's all about at the end of the day that's terry gillis and this is what's next an spm podcast series Welcome to What's Next, a mini-series within the SBM podcast platform focused on helping employers and employees navigate the reopening of the economy from the COVID-19 shutdown. We've interviewed a cross-section of professionals to help provide insights and ideas and inspiration, all with an eye to smoothing out the inevitable bumps in the road we're all going to face to figure out what our new business reality will look like. Each podcast is informal, about 20 to 25 minutes long, and hopefully chock full of nuggets of wisdom that are practical and easy to navigate. My guest this week is none other than Terry Gillis, President and CEO of ARIA Consulting. To categorize Terry as an HR professional would be a gross misrepresentation of his skills, expertise, experience, and most of all, his passion. Terry has over 25 years helping individuals and leaders thrive and excel, and helping organizations build exceptional cultures where employees are engaged, empowered, and excited to work. And yes, I stole that from the ARIA website, but it's an apt description of my interactions and experience working with Terry on a number of projects and joint clients over the last decade. The work Terry does goes way beyond the boundaries of traditional HR. He's an innovator, entrepreneur, and an outspoken advocate for great places to work. As I'm sure you'll see from our conversation, Terry is not short on strong opinions and keen insights regarding the challenges and opportunities we're all facing in the midst of a global pandemic. This podcast was recorded back in August, and I am remiss in getting it edited and posted. However, the information, conversation, and takeaways are as relevant now as they were then, perhaps even more so as we were on the verge of, or depending on where you perceive, the midst of a second wave of COVID-19. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Terry Gillis. So I guess uh, probably the best place to start is if you can give me kind of the Coles Notes version of uh, area, your business, and what you guys focus on. Yeah, sure. So fundamentally, I think our um, tagline sums it up best, and and that is that uh, we're all about transforming work. And fundamentally, at our core, we believe that everybody deserves a great place to work. Uh, that that is a rallying call of ours here at Aria. That uh, uh, be it, you know, making sure you have the right people in uh, in 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 the organization. You have uh, people developing well inside the organization, and when the time comes that uh, they no longer fit, that there's a a good exit, uh, positive experience for both parties. So it's really about ensuring that everybody has that opportunity to go to work and actually be happy and engaged and excited about work as opposed to yeah. what I experienced very early on in my career, which was showing up in the parking lot and throwing up. Yeah. <laughs> so so distraught about work. So, um, like, so in yeah. terms of the, that type of work, what, like what would be a couple of the big things that you guys were working on pre COVID in terms of like the bulk of, of the work that you do? Yeah, so pre-COVID, our, our focus was, so, so to go back many, many, you know, go back to the day, <laughs> pre-COVID, 
Um, I think it's important to contextualize what, what, what life was like then. It was only a few months ago, but it seems like a hundred years ago. Yeah. I mean, we were in a full employment economy, you know, empl- un- the, the employment, uh, unemployment rate was at an all time low. Uh, the economy was, was chugging along at red hot. Um, I might even argue white hot. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of opportunities. So the, the snag at the time, the, the challenge that a lot of organizations were facing pre COVID was, attracting and retaining talent. So how do we make sure we get good people into our organizations and how do we make sure we keep them? Uh, and, and tied to that is, and how do we make sure that while they're there, they're, they're engaged and having a good time. That, that was really where a lot of our focus was prior to COVID. And so post COVID now you're working on. Well, it's interesting. You should ask what post COVID because (laughs) When when this first when when this first came down and I think it's I think March 11th I've, if I have my facts or my dates correct and we got together as a team and we said okay let's read the tea leaves what's it telling us and what it was telling us was we are heading for a recession and in our business traditionally when there's a recession the one practice area that gets tapped a lot is our career transition or outplacement practice mm. and so our expectation was you know, let's, uh, let's make sure we've got all our equipment and all our tools and resources and people lined up for that because that's going to start to come. What's been fascinating is that has happened to an extent, but all of our other service lines, every single service line is up, which is so incredibly counterintuitive to us. It's um, like a shakeup, right? Where, um, <laughs> like a real shakeup and it's pushed out. Like you've got people out of work, um, people being laid off. Uh, like I know of a lot of our clients who have s- sector specific, obviously, but that are growing because of uh, yeah. what's happened, right? Yeah. In terms of digital yeah. and, and tech yeah. and so, yeah. Right. And that's where, that's where the recruitments are coming from. It's like, Hey, and, and I think some people are probably being, um, you know, they're, they're taking advantage of the situation. It's like, Hey, there's some more, there's a perception yeah. that there's good talent in the marketplace. Uh, yeah, there is more than, you know, pre COVID but not to the extent that I think people intuitively like to think that there is. Yeah. Nonetheless, people are putting their toe in the water and saying, well, yeah. let's go out and see if we can find ourselves a new X or a new Y. Yeah. So, yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I, I'll be honest. In all my years in business, um, nothing, nothing has ever been like this before. This is, you know, people say, oh, it's cliche to say it's unprecedented, but yeah. this truly is unprecedented. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. no, you can't look back or go to a textbook and say, how do you, how do you, how do you manage your way through this one? It's, it's so, so broad, broad, right? It just, it's just it's so broad. Every sector, like geography, doesn't matter. Like it's just everybody's yeah. been swiped with the same yeah. brush. So yeah. So yeah. The, the before I have a few like specific questions, um, but before sure. I go into that, maybe just elaborate on kind of your philosophy um, and how that is fits into this kind of new normal. Yeah. Well, the first thing is I'll I'll um, I I hate the term new normal. Um, yeah. and, and, and I think you may have read that somewhere. Some people may have read that somewhere. Yeah. Be, and, and, and so I'll tackle that first. That may give you a perspective where we come from, because, um, I think this is a new reality. Um, and the reason I don't like normal is that, you know, all this working from home and virtual and, and, you know, I hate the term social distancing. I think it's physical distancing. I yeah. think social distancing is a dangerous thing for us because we actually are social creatures and we are, you know, at our core, we, we thrive on connectivity with others. And so, um, you know, the fact that we're at a distance from each other, the fact that we're not in workplaces together, that's not normal. 
Um, and so I hate, you know, I railed against that very early on because I thought if we, if we give it that credence and then people might accept it, and I don't think we should ever accept that. Yeah. We're, we're too, we're much too social for that. Um, so that probably kind of feeds the kind of philosophy that we have at Ari in terms of when we look at things is we don't accept things as status quo. We don't accept things as normal. We don't accept that, you know, this is, this is okay. Um, we recognize that organizations and the individuals working them are all under tremendous amount of stress. Um, and there's a lot of challenges that people are facing. So our, our philosophy always has been, we haven't altered in any way, shape or form from it. And that is, we do not believe that, uh, uh, there's a one size fits all type of solution. Um, we believe that there's a one size fits one type of solution. In other words, it's critical to be able to look at each individual in each situation, in each organization, in its uniqueness, um, as opposed to broad brushstrokes. So, you know, people have called us and say, how do we, you know, is there, is there a, a template you have for us to, to, you know, to deal with how to deal with COVID? Yeah, there is, but let's talk about your specific needs. You know, do you, do you have specific issues that you have to address? Um, and, and so that's been kind of our rallying call. Um, in terms of companies you guys work with, I know you're across like every sector and industry, any, um, are there any, if you look at the companies you work with, like any factors or businesses that have fared better through this uh, versus others? Um, what's been somewhat fascinating and somewhat, um, perhaps encouraging is how some organizations have addressed it. You know, some of the organizations we're working with have people on layoff that where they're having weekly check-in phone calls with, with those people on layoff. Like that takes time yeah. uh, at a time when you're, you're in your stretch, but you know, a commitment to employees. So, I mean, those are the kinds of things I look at and I kind of go, that's encouraging. And, and I think those organizations will uh, reap the benefits as a result of that kind of investment. We've seen other organizations who have done things that I would mm, make you go, hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where, where they immediately laid off, you know, or terminated people um, without any support and just kind of threw yeah. them to the wolves. Yeah. You know, less than ideal. Yeah. The ones that do it right are, are going to build up some good karma that will come back to, to help them when things come back. Now, is there anything that you, that has completely caught you off guard? Yeah. Uh, what's completely caught me off guard, and this is going to sound somewhat cliche, is the power of the human spirit. The, the, I mean, let's be honest, we, we, organizations have been uh, chomping at the bit for years and exploring for the years, you know, how do we get virtual teams working and how do we get work from home scenarios and well, that will never work and that will never work. And within days, it was yeah. done, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that part to me shows that we have the capacity and capability to execute change quickly. Yep. And, you know, I think it's going to be, people are going to be hard pressed going forward to be able to say that that will never work and, or that will, that will take too long to do. I think yep. we've proven that that's, that's going to be folly going forward. So yep. that's impressed me. I'll be honest. So if, if you kind of, if we stay at that 10,000 foot level, um, yeah, as we face the next phase of this business, economy is gradually reopening, uh, companies are bringing, bringing people back to work or maybe sort of part-time back to work. Uh, what are kind of the big picture things you think they should be thinking about 
other than the obvious, like the protective measures and those kind of things. But what about the, the other stuff outside of that? I think the big one is be prepared for anything, including uh, COVID 2.0. Yeah. And, you know, certainly everything we read about, you know, the Spanish flu in, in 1918, 1919 is there's a second wave coming. It's going to be bigger than the first. I, I hope that isn't the case, but mm -hmm. we don't know. Uh, have your plans in place now. Um, reflect back on what worked well and what didn't work well in round one so that round two is even that much more seamless. I think that's the biggest lesson um, that I think we get out of all of this. And, and I think that applies to our businesses. I think it applies to our personal lives too. So, you know, there, I'm, I'm sensing a lot of complacency right now. Some people are, you know, doing, you know, physical distancing and masking and all those sorts of very important things. Um, but I'm seeing a lot of people who are not doing those sorts of things and let's, let's not get complacent. So that would be, that would be number one. Uh, the second thing is, uh, no matter which way we slice the apple here, let's not go back to the way we used to do things where there's always been this power struggle between employer and employee. So, you know, most recently pre COVID the employees had the power because there was few of them around. And so, you know, they were ghosting employers and not showing up for interviews and, you know, employers were frustrated. And then there was, you know, I remember hearing a couple of people um, talk about, well, now we finally get our, we get to exact our revenge because now, you know, right. It's like, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, let, let's get down to, this is a equal opportunity of creating value together. Let's, let's stay focused on that. Um, and, and that's the opportunity I hope that we all take advantage of and we don't lose sight of the fact that, uh, we're not in a war here. You know, the yeah. war for talent was always a horrible title. Yeah. Um, but, but let's not, let's not get back to war. You know, let's, let's try and, you know, collaborate together. And I think that's the, that's the message I would leave for everybody is if you're an employee, if you're an employer, look towards collaboration and value creation. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. So let's not lose sight of that. That's the big lesson I see in all this. Yeah. I also, so this comes back to the point we talked about before about, companies that are they're doing it right and, and creating some good karma um, and I know you're like big on culture and leadership so yep. like how does that like if you think about culture and that's a, a broad concept but culture in terms of like how does that play out throughout this in terms of like throughout COVID and then kind of as we go back into this opening reopening phase um, like I guess good bad or indifferent how does it um play out for companies um, dealing with bringing people back into workplace? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, culture is, 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 is so important. And I think a lot of organizations have had uh, their cultures, essentially it's been on, on tenuous ground. It's been wobbly um, because of the changes and whatnot. So, you know, I, I, I look at culture as, as sort of the personality of an organization and, if you look at what influences it, it's, you know, it's your, your typical things like, you know, vision and mission and those sorts of things. And I don't want to discredit them, but those are important. But I, but I think the values of the organization become really important and continue to, to hold those and champion those. So if you value, you know, the contribution of people, then that should dictate how you run your organization. Um, how, who, who's part of your team, um, you know, that becomes, important and how they're treated becomes an important message around culture, regardless of whether they're working from home or not. Right, right now, um, the other thing that's going to become really important for culture moving forward is to really, really pay close attention 
to the stories and the narratives that are going to start to percolate through the organization. And those stories and narratives are going to reflect how you operated throughout the crisis and how you continue to operate. Listen for those stories because that's going to tell you how people are perceiving things. Of all the different components that make up culture, I think stories, the stories that are told are really reflective of what's really going on and listen to those. Don't try and dispute them. What are people saying? What are the commentaries? What are the things that are going on? That's going to give you a, a real sense of pulse. That, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, if you start hearing stories of, um, oh yeah, I can't believe these, you know, stupid dum-dums are bringing us back to work so early. That's a very important narrative. Yeah. 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 What's that telling telling you? So sure. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So it could be a good shot across the bow for some companies to, because culture is kind of this maybe perceived a little bit as a little fluffy or something by a lot of companies. And so um, it's hard to pinpoint the ROI on it, but um, maybe this is, is, this is what pushes it to the forefront to say, well, maybe it's something we should pay attention to. Yeah. so just before we wrap up, um, like, what do you see as like, we've talked a little bit about some of these things, but there's going to be some, some things that come out of this that are going to be lasting. Um, yeah. there are going to be some that sort of, we go back to whatever it was prior. Um, so I guess, what do you think are a couple of things that either could be, or hopefully will be sort of long lasting positives that come out of what we've gone through? I hate to be, I, I always hate ever to be a prognosticator. So <laughs> I never like to predict the future, <laughs> but, but if I, if I could hope, and I know hope's not a strategy, but if I could hope for one thing that's come out of this and, and then I go back to what I said earlier about just the power of the human spirit and, and how, um, let's be honest, we've been beating ourselves up. We've, you know, there's so much negativity in the world and, you know, politics aside, but you know, you know, division and you know let, let's remember it, it was just you know not not three weeks before COVID hit that that the elementary school teachers in the province of Ontario were on uh, rotating walkout that seems yeah. like a million years ago absolutely you know? and, yes. and and uh, you know so there was a lot of bitterness and debate and and if there's one thing that that I hope comes out of all of this is that um, it's trying to put that stuff aside and I know it sounds utopian but um, we've proven that we can come together. We've proven that there is a common element to this, which, which quite frankly, with during COVID was survival, yep. um, you know, going right down to the fundamentals of Maslow's hierarchy of need. Um, but, you know, I, I hope that that holds true. And I hope we don't lose sight of the fact that um, people, we, we, our employees have proven to us um, that they can uh, adapt to wholesale change and, and not only just our employees, but our leaders can too, because our leaders, let's be honest, let's, let's not lose sight of them. Um, they've had to make wholesale changes too. Um, and, and I'd say for the most part, at least the organizations that we do work with have done a remarkable job. They've been, they've been tested. So, you know, let's, let's hold on to, and let's, let's capitalize on the fact that we, we're, we're able to embrace wholesale change. We don't have to be afraid of it. Um, and we have the capability to do it, but that's not to say that there won't be supports going forward that will be needed. And purpose is huge. Yep. You know, people, people are more so than ever before saying, you know, I want to work for an organization that has aligned with my purpose, has a well-defined purpose, it has a purpose I can wrap my arms around. And, and I think we've, we've seen through those organizations that have been purposeful through this and saying, you know what, we're part of this community, we're giving back. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Those are going to be the organizations. They will do well. 
yeah. because people will beat a path to their door. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So awesome. Uh, so before I wrap this piece up, uh, if people want to contact Aria, how do they yeah. find you? Just website, best bet? Website, yeah, website's the easiest. So Aria, so A-H-R-I-A, we put the H-R in her name. Clever, I know. Um, uh, Aria.ca is, is probably the simplest and easiest way to find us um, or, or Google us. But uh, that's, that's the easiest. We're, yeah, easy to find. Awesome. That's a wrap on this episode of What's Next. I hope you enjoyed the content and conversation and welcome your feedback. I'm your host and aspiring podcast artist, Chad Dawson. I'm the Director of Sales Strategy at SPM Benefits and I produce content in addition to the SPM podcast on culture, wellness, mental health, great places to work and all things related to employee benefits and group retirement plans. Thanks for allowing us into your earbuds, your car or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode, let me know. Shoot me an email at cdawson at spmbenefits.ca or look me up on LinkedIn. Let's connect and start a conversation. What's Next is brought to you by Sheffer Potter Muckin and SPM Benefits. You can find us online at spminc.ca and spmbenefits.ca. Until next time, we wish you good health and happiness. Take care.